As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us this week on the Talent Magnet Institute. Today, I am sitting with a friend and advisor and relationship of ours, Brent Carter. Brent had joined us for a previous episode, and we wanted to welcome him back to talk about, as a part of being a senior consultant and senior executive coach at Leadership Acceleration, we wanted to dive in today on executive coaching. Mm -hmm. Um, So welcome back. Oh, thanks, Mike. It's great to be back. One of the areas, Brent, that I find so interesting is that when you grow up, as you're growing up, and your children or grandchildren, for those listening, Mm -hmm. uh, and myself, every activity a child is in, they have a coach or advisor leading them, whether they're playing sports, whether they're learning the piano, whether they're even some, you know, learning to read or being in Mm -hmm. school. Like that's what school is all about is Mm -hmm. coaching and equipping and educating and bringing out the best in our students. Mm -hmm. So why then When we graduate college and go into our first employment, or why then when I'm promoted to go run a $300 million organization or a $30 billion organization, do so many not receive coaching? Yeah. One might think that they've got it all figured out. I really don't think that's the case. I mean, there are some senior leaders who feel that I've got this, I've been at this for years. In fact, you know, we conduct a lot of leadership development sessions Once in a while, we'll get a leader in there that seems to feel pretty confident about their capability and experience. But generally speaking, most are open to more guidance. Part of it, I think, is, and this has changed, so this is a trend over time with coaching, but sometimes with some leaders, there's a stigma associated with having a coach. I would say that's a trend that we've seen. It's gone from that stigma to it now being a perk where it's a benefit to having a coach. In fact, almost a badge of honor to say, hey, I've got a coach, or they'll refer to my coach. Yet, a lot of leaders don't seek out coaching or even counsel. So I wish I could tell you the exact why, but there are many reasons for it. And a lot of it boils down to, I think, humility. Mm. And if we're humble, you can be confident and humble at the same time. But if we're humble enough to realize that we don't have it all figured out, that we don't have all the answers, that we can still learn no matter how experienced we are, then it's always helpful to have a coach, advisor, mentor, whatever it might be, to just a sounding board at the very least to help us in our leadership development. For those listening today having a coach and a mentor is not a sign of weakness. Absolutely right. It is a sign Mm -hmm. of strength. It is a sign of distinction. There's two things that go through my mind. In episode 15, Chris Painter discussed when he was elevating and moving into CEO and chairman of his Mm -hmm. organization, he decided to bring out and help the organization become its best 
Yeah. He needed to go mm-hmm. do a deep, extensive 360 and ultimately took him to Center for Creative Leadership at the Peak Program yeah. that we discussed about that journey and the impact of that journey. And it wasn't just a self-fulfilling, I want to go experience that leadership program. Mm-hmm. It was because the performance of his organization mattered so much to him. Yeah. Now, he got a lot of interesting feedback, which we share in that episode, that about you're a great executive, mm-hmm. but you need to elevate your game right. in your personal life and your relationships and really create white space. Mm-hmm. I was also four or five years ago at a leader cast where Peyton Manning was discussing strengths-based leadership and really flipping the table on strengths-based leadership. And his comment was, and again, as we who look at athletes and wow, they're so high performing, I wish I could be, well, he has not just one coach, many coaches, mm. right? Every golfer, mm-hmm. every athlete typically has people that help them with meditation and yeah. fitness and strategic. Mm-hmm. And his comment was, if I only focused on my strengths, yeah. my enemies, my opponents focus on my weaknesses. <laughs> they don't go after my strengths. Right. They don't make me go mm-hmm. to the strength side of my game and throw off the strength side of mm-hmm. my foot. Yeah. They figure out how to throw me off of my strengths right. and exploit my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And having a coach who can help you identify your greatest strengths can be your greatest pitfalls. And having a coach who's also there as a confidant, right? right? And as mm-hmm. a resource. Can you share a little bit about the challenges of being an executive coach? What are the challenges you experience from your side of coaching leaders? Sure. Part of it is just in something I've learned over time and in my experience as an executive coach is being conscious about how I want to show up to the conversation. And any experienced executive coach listening will thoroughly understand that. What we don't realize is that we can project things that we've experienced, we expect you to experience. We can easily make assumptions that because we've seen this issue with a number of other leaders, you might be experiencing the same issue. So it's really coming into the conversation with no real expectations about what's going on here and just putting on the glasses of wanting to learn, wanting to look, wanting to listen, wanting to understand fully about that person. I can give you one example about an executive coaching engagement that I had. I talked to the CEO. The engagement was with the COO. I talked to the CEO and the CHRO, the HR person, about the COO in advance, which we always do, just to understand, hey, what's this engagement going into? What are the outcomes you'd like to see? And they were very direct about some of the strengths, but also about some of the challenges that this COO had. So I had to be very careful. That was good information to have, but I had to be careful not to make too many assumptions when I started with this COO. So we started into the 360 process and got to learn perspectives and feedback from a number of other people. And it was through our conversation, my conversation with the COO, that what was on the surface and what they were observing was not what was real. So we were able to get to the real root cause of some of these things, whereas they were looking at the symptoms. Mm. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to share, and I'll go so bold, you know, the thought comes up, if a individual doesn't have a coach, can they really lead? You know, can they really lead well? 
and that extra layer of accountability and mm-hmm. feedback. You know, you ref, just referenced the 360. Yeah. And so often it starts with the feedback, not from the individual that you're coaching, mm-hmm. but from the way that individual projects and what people are experiencing. Yeah. So we talked earlier in the previous episode on high-performance culture. Mm-hmm. If you want to create a high-performance culture— You need to be self-aware, not just about you, but about your organization and that feedback of a 360 evaluation and asking the questions and creating a transparent environment where people can provide that and then do something about it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. We encourage any leader that we coach to be transparent. So I can think of an executive director that I was coaching in aquarium and uh, he was having some challenges with his team. So I encouraged him to be open about the process that he was about to go through, encouraged him to be transparent about the feedback, the collective feedback that he had received. Here are my strengths. Here are the things that you say that I could improve. And when he did that, it dramatically changed his relationship with his team. They saw that he was sincere about the process. They saw that he was very intentional about wanting to improve himself as a leader and really wanted to focus on his development. And they engaged in that process with him. Mm, That's excellent. Yeah, one of the, again, a previous episode, episode 13, we interacted with Darren Mariner of Cloverleaf.me. And it's really an interesting focus that they have. Cloverleaf.me is not an assessment tool, but it's a platform where your assessment tools get put into digitally. And instead of sitting, you know, I joke about the filing cabinets, even here in our studio, there's copies of my assessments over the many years that I've been doing this. <laughs> you know, in the search business, you're always learning about new assessments for sure. clients. Oh, yeah. And I've probably taken 36 <laughs> of them. But many of those for all of us sit either in a file cabinet drawer or never even get printed out. Mm-hmm. And Cloverleaf provides the ability to upload those assessments into their platform. Mm-hmm. And actually, just this morning, I got an email about myself, something about myself mm-hmm. that are taken from all of those aggregations of assessment yeah. and one of my team members. So about every three days, I get a personalized email from Cloverleaf.me backslash talent magnet. Yeah. And I get information about, again, it's being self-aware. So we're using as a tool to have our team, you know, we do these things mostly as a team. You know, we go through team evaluations Mm -hmm, with HBDI and DISC and the Chally and all these different resources. But what happens after that one 45-minute to hour-and-a-half session? Mm -hmm. And this is a great way to keep that going, continued in self-awareness. You know, you want to attract great talent and keep great talent, then you need to do more then make money and you need to give your employees a sense of purpose and you need to keep learning them and learning yourself. Mm-hmm. That whole self-evaluation is so, so important. It is. Could yeah. you describe the difference in your mind between an executive coach and a mentor? Sure. We see coaching as someone in you know, a good experienced executive coach will, first of all, help uncover some of the issues that keep that leader being the most effective that he or she can be. So an executive coach will typically go through an assessment process, gain feedback. There's most executive coaches will have a pretty standard approach with that. The key is holding up a mirror to that executive, helping her see, hey, what am I doing well? What could I improve? And then working together on a path for that development. 
a mentor, I think the priority with a mentor is relationship. So a mentor is somebody that you would look up to, someone that you know that you could learn from experience-wise. And it's got to be somebody that you really click with, that you can have those ongoing conversations, be vulnerable with, you know, expose your warts, and someone that you can really rely on, typically over time, and learn from and grow from. Excellent. Excellent. Brent, can you share a little bit about trends in executive coaching? Where has that space, the topic, it's such a big topic. You know, Mm -hmm. for many, you know, we kind of joke in the search business that when individuals are in transition, they either start a coaching or they get into recruiting or they start doing consulting. Mm -hmm. But the real powerful executive coaching of which your organization provides, Mm -hmm. high performance, focused in not just medium-sized organizations, but very large, complex organizations. What are some of the trends in executive coaching that you all are seeing? Well, one I mentioned, and that is where it used to be seen as a a stigma that, you know, there's a performance issue here. He's got a coach. That's a problem. Now it's seen as a real benefit. And people are, I wouldn't say clamoring, but certainly more and more interested. Leaders are more and more interested in having a coach. So it is more certainly much more of a benefit. I've also seen trends that not only external coaches, but there are more and more internal coaches. So more and more, especially larger organizations are forming coaching teams within their organization or getting some of, let's say, their HR business partners certified as executive coaches. So they draw that expertise in-house. Now, a lot of organizations and senior leaders will determine whether they want an internal coach or an external coach based on the situation, but more internal coaches is what we've seen. A downside to one trend that we've seen is it seems like anybody these days can hang a shingle outside their door and call themselves a coach. So we've seen more life coaches, more personal coaches, more sports coaches or you know readiness coaches. I mean, there are all kinds of labels attached to coaches But what we find is it's more of a declaration versus having the experience, knowledge, and expertise, and possibly a certification to really provide the best coaching they can. Mm. So we think it's important. We absolutely believe it's important that especially senior leaders need to go with coaches who have the deep expertise, especially in the business world. They've got that background and can help challenge the leader to be their best. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. One of the aspects of and purposes behind getting a coach is to what you just said, bring out the individual's best Mm -hmm. and help their organization be its best. Are there other reasons that you would hit on that we need to make sure that we're highlighting for our listener who's still going, you know what, I still don't buy it or you know, the only people around me that have coaches are people who aren't performing well. (laughs) And again, I would have to check yourself when you say that, because Mm -hmm. if you've never gotten feedback from your team, Mm -hmm. you may be the only one who thinks you're doing well. Right. And other people might be struggling underneath of your leadership. But Mm -hmm. are there other reasons that you see people move into and ask the question either to hire their own coach or to ask the organization to bring in a coach for them? Yeah, I think it starts with discovery, Mike. So you talked about the importance of self-assessment or other assessment. 
And you're right. If somebody is in a vacuum and they're not getting the feedback that would really benefit them, chances are they could think, no, I'm doing fine. I don't need a coach. But we find that the more people become self-aware and are challenged in certain aspects, you might say, oh, you know, I think I'm doing fine. But then I'll, I'll ask, well, has there ever been an incident where you've had a, a disagreement or confusion about expectations with somebody on your team? Have you ever come into a situation where decision-making has been difficult for you and you feel like you need to involve more people? Have you ever felt that maybe inadequate in terms of casting the vision or a strategy for your part of the organization? And when you start getting into some of those specifics, usually that's where they start to say, um, yeah, you're right. You know, maybe I could use somebody's help on that. Mm-hmm. Well, we want to hit home today for those listening who joined us for this bonus episode with Brent Carter of Leadership Acceleration. The importance of every high-performing, I would even argue every low-performing and mediocre-performing athlete, children, your grandchildren, they have coaches around them, surrounding them to help them be better, to help mm-hmm. them work better as a team, right. to help them interact and know their position, mm-hmm. fine-tuning their craft. So the fact that if you're an organizational leader, you don't have a coach, are you really fine-tuning your craft or are you going at it on your own? And I will go so bold to say that if you don't have a coach, then you shouldn't be a leader. You shouldn't be leading. You need that accountability, that transparency, that openness. And I hope that will create a little bit of stir for our listener that we want what's best for you. That's what the Talent Magnet Institute's all about. Mm -hmm. That's what we mean when we say we're helping you reframe success in leadership and elevating your relationships, your work life, your community, and your personal life. You're important. You matter. Brent and I want what's best for you. And that's why we got together for a second episode to really hit on the importance to help you elevate your game. So, Brent, thank you for joining me. Thank you for all of your encouragement, for your insights. And we will certainly provide in the show notes resources to get connected with Leadership Acceleration and Brent Carter and provide some of the resources that we referenced today. Thanks, Mike. It's always good to work with you. And again, best of luck with the Talent Magnet Institute. And I'm excited to be a part of it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. A toxic work culture can be costlier than you can imagine, but hard to identify. Go to talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com slash toxic culture to learn seven signs that there's something you need to fix in your workplace. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. 
and myself, your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.